that have brought you to the point where you're at here tonight. But let me give you this word of hope before I begin this message. That if the enemy could have taken you out, he would have done it a long time ago, baby. If Satan could have had his way with your life, you wouldn't be here tonight. But my Bible still says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Bring your hurts, bring your hang-ups, bring your pains, bring your mistakes. Because tonight, somebody is about to tip over the edge into a fresh anointing, into a fresh calling, into a new opportunity, into a brand new world. I'm not talking pie in the sky. I'm speaking deliverance to somebody tonight. You tonight, young people of the Most High God, are about to receive an experience with Him that is about to forever change your life. If you believe that, why don't you lift up one more shout of praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in this place tonight. Lift up a shout of faith. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. And I do want to say how wonderful it is to have my family with me, my beautiful bride. And uh, of 15 years this year. And uh, we've got our three beautiful children, my man-child right here in the front. And uh, I've got two ladies somewhere over on this side, my girls that are over here. And I'm so glad that they were able to come with me. And uh, we're just very, very blessed. And I, uh, I love each and every one of you. And uh, I count it such a privilege to be able to take a few minutes to preach to you tonight. So thank you for your attention and your time. And I know the Spirit of the Lord is going to speak to you. First Samuel chapter 8. Let's begin at verse 7. And we're going to go down to verse 20. All right. First Samuel chapter 8 and verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking a king from him. And he said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons. He'll appoint them to his chariots, to be his horsemen, to run before his chariots. He'll appoint for himself commanders of thousands, commanders of fifties, some to plow his ground, to reap his harvest, to make his implements of war, the equipment of his chariots. He'll take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He'll take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He'll take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He'll take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys, which I think is beautifully ironic since Israel's first king Saul couldn't even keep track of his father's donkeys put into his care. But Samuel said he's going to take your donkeys and he's going to put them to his work. He'll take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, 
but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. It's astounding to me what Israel was willing to give up for a king. Sons, daughters, servants, best of their livelihood, harvest, vineyards, land, grain, donkeys, everything was on the table for the price of a king. Israel sacrificed everything for a king like other nations. So the Spirit has placed within me a question for you students tonight, and that's this. What would you give for a king? What would you give for a king? My instruction tonight is not to persuade you to come to Urshan, although if I could tip you in the right direction, this would be the great place for you to come. That's right. I'm a graduate of Urshan. I found my wife at Urshan. Should we have an altar call right there? My parents met at Urshan. Her parents met at Urshan. Her great-grandpa helped start this college. We've got some deep roots here. We love Urshan. We love the students. We love its present and its future, its past, all wrapped up together. We love it all. But my instruction from the Holy Ghost tonight is not just to persuade you to come to Urshan, but to persuade you tonight to give everything that you've got for the King's call upon your life. My goal and aim tonight And a lot of you have already made up your minds. But if the Word of God can just kind of push you in the right direction with a little bit more faith tonight, I'm telling you the things that He is able to do your life will blow your imagination. The things that God is able to do through you, if you'll just offer yourself to Him, it's going to be greater than your minds can comprehend because He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. If you want the Holy Ghost to speak to you tonight, would you set your Bibles down, lift your hands and your voice one more time, and would you ask the Holy Ghost to speak into your spirit tonight? Say, God, give me understanding. Don't let me leave here changed, but let me leave here, God, completely different, Lord, not just staying the same. I'm giving myself to you tonight, Lord. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice, Heavenly Father. Let your word penetrate the heart of every hearer tonight. Help us to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. I pray for these Holy Ghost-filled apostolic called young people. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would draw us together. I am but a humble servant of lips of clay, but I pray that your anointing would flow through us tonight. Let your word produce signs and wonders and miracles to them which believe and will give you all the glory and all of the praise and all of the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Before you're seated, turn to a few people around you and ask them, what would you give for a king? What would you give for a king? A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half of the ticket. Instead of suitcases, they packed what few earthly belongings they had literally into coffins. And they sailed out of port. They waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything that they knew. They knew they would never return home. 
A.W. Milne was one of those missionaries. He set sail for the islands in the South Pacific knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Milne didn't fear for his life because he had already died to himself. His coffin was already packed. For 35 years, he lived among that tribe and he loved them. And when he died, those tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. And when he left, there was no darkness. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not just holding the fort. It's storming the gates of hell. If 2020 has taught us anything, it has taught us what our true foundation is. For everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now. The will of God for your life is not an insurance plan. It is a daring plan. And tonight I've come to call you students. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. What would you give for a king? Tonight is the question that you must answer before you head to the bowling alley. Tonight you must answer what are you willing to lay down? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to surrender? What are you willing to submit for the cause of Jesus Christ? In our text there was a transition in Israel. The time of the judges was ending. The time of the kings was just about to begin. This is a major transition. God had expected it. Moses had written about it in Deuteronomy, the conduct of a king of Israel. But Israel's motives is what angered God. The elders came to Samuel and they said, hey, you're old. That's nice, huh? Thank you very much for telling me. I think I've got the message now. They came and said, you're old and your sons don't walk in your ways. Apparently Samuel had not taught his sons how to live right. And if he did, they weren't doing it at all. And so Israel said, we want you to give us a king to judge over us. Israel was frustrated at the lack of leadership of Samuel's sons. They were frustrated and they were tired of fighting the Philistines over and over again. And to put it, uh, simply put it, they were envious at what other nations seemed to have. Can I tell you young people, that is how backsliding starts. It starts with a little frustration and a little irritation. Most of the times it's at leadership. Most of the times it's at parents or pastors or teachers or someone in authority that frustrates you and if you're going to live for the God any amount of time there are going to be leaders that bring frustration into your life new lifers don't be saying amen to that would you right now frustration frustrated at the leadership frustrated because they had to fight and that's the next step that they went they were just tired of fighting they were tired of the Philistines coming and and them having to defend their families and defend their land and defend what they had they just got tired of fighting it seems like 2020 has been like that for a lot of people frustration abounds among uh, churches uh, among the nation among our people and they're just tired of fighting but you 
you got to be careful when you get tired of fighting. It's why Paul said, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Now, I know who I'm preaching to tonight. I know I'm not preaching to a bunch of old folks, but Isaiah said that even the youth are going to grow weary and the young are going to get tired, but they that wait upon the Lord are going to renew their strength. I know some of you came tonight bone tired. I'm not talking physically. You're ready to go bowling, but in your spirit and in your mind, you're worn out with all of the pressures of life and peers who have walked away from God and frustrations that you carried with you to this place. You're happy just to take a little vacation away from home because of the frustrations that have been in your home. But can I encourage somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost to tell you, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season. Oh, somebody needs to know that this is your season. I said somebody needs to know that this is your season. You need to turn to somebody right now and say it's my season. Yeah, it's your season right now to be fruitful. It's your season right now to grow in faith. It's your season for deliverance. It's your season for a ministry. It's your season for boldness. It's your season for faith. It's your season for peace. It's for season for joy. For this is the inheritance of the children of God. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, it's my season. You need to just tell the enemy tonight, it's my season. I'm coming into my season. I'm coming into my moment. I'm coming into my day. I'm coming into my time. Jeremiah, forget about what people say about your youth and step into your season. God is calling you right now to come into his kingdom and begin a new work. Somebody say, it's my season. Yeah, it's your season right now. The enemy wants you to delay. He wants to bind you up with fear and intimidation and shame. He wants you to hold away in some hurt somewhere deep inside of your heart that nobody else can touch. Oh, I know who I'm talking to. I know you came up dressed nicely. I know you got your hair parted just the right way or wavy or curly or however you do it nowadays. I just keep it part and cut short. However you do it, I know the enemy wants to just keep you looking like everything's fine on the outside while it eats away on the inside. But I've come to speak to your spirit tonight and bring true deliverance to somebody more than just a dance with your outward feet, but a joy that gets down into the inward spirit for the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Yeah, Israel lost their joy. They started looking around at all the other nations. You've been there? I've been there before. Look around at other churches. Look around at other youth groups. Looking around at other people who seem to have excelled and seem like they've gone their, their way, that they've reached their heights, and you get a little bit frustrated. you got to be careful with that because that's what leads. That's what can lead to bitterness. That's what can lead to getting tired of fighting, and you just lay down your weapons for a moment. You're just going to close your eyes just for a moment that Jesus in that garden, of prayer and garden of Gethsemane he saw Peter James and John nodding off and getting to sleep and he had to wake them up and said boys you got to wake up watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation you got to wake up yeah 
I had to learn the realization of that real early whenever class started early in the morning. I'm not an early morning riser. At least I didn't want to be, but I've been forced to do it. It's just, you know, part of the job. So you got to get up early. So I've been forced into it, but I wasn't always that way. No, no, no. I, you know, the sun can get up when it wants to get up, but I get up at the, the, the high noon. That's, that's, a, that's a good morning for me right there. And then late into the night, some of you, I feel a witness in my spirit already. Some of you know what I'm talking about, but whenever you get, whenever you get to school, whenever you get to college, whenever you start getting into some of these upper level echelons of education, whenever you get up there, you got to start waking up a little bit earlier because you're stepping up your game. You're stepping up into another level. You're stretching yourself. And right now, that's what God is trying to do to some of you. He's trying to stretch your spirit. You've been crying out for it, calling out for it, laying on the ground for it, praying and seeking after God, saying, I want more of it. And God says, if you want more of it, then you got to wake up. You got to open up your eyes. You got to shake yourself. Paul said it like this to young Timothy. He said, stir up the gift of God that's inside of you with the laying on of hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, I'm about to bust up some mentalities of you that think your professors are going to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. I thank God for the professors, but you have to stir up the gift of God. If you really want it, you've got to get up and go after Israel's downfall was that they didn't want to fight anymore. Israel's downfall was they just got tired of fighting and said, we want somebody else to do it for us. But they didn't understand the cost, even though it was plain as the nose on their face. Samuel said, he's going to take your sons, and he's going to take your daughters, and he's going to take your lands, and he's going to take your harvest. It was still going to cost them something, but they were too blind with the comfort of their own life to see that they were still asleep. And Samuel said, said it's time for you to wake up and God said they haven't rejected you they have rejected me don't reject God in the day of your visitation wake up now stir up the gift and say yes yeah say yes somebody say yes you got to say yes you got to say yes yeah Israel's frustrated, they're envious at other nations, what they seem to have, which lets me know that what we're experiencing today, it's, it's nothing new. Studies have certainly shown that social media uses triggers and feelings of envy. The magnitude of envy incidents taking place on Instagram and Facebook alone is astounding. It's a breeding ground for these sorts of feelings. It becomes a vicious cycle. Feelings envious makes you want your own life to look better and you post envy inducing posts of your own it's this endless circle of one-upping and feeling jealous can I just be honest with you tonight though the reality is is that your peers aren't having more vivid and intense lives they're just better at filtering their images online they just do a better duck face than you that's, that's as good as I got right there that's it yeah they, they, they've just got, they just got better filters that they use. You may see the caramel snickerdoodle macchiato life, but you miss the anguish of their soul. Yeah. <laughs> just today, one of our students of New Life told me that before they left school today, they heard one of their friends had tried to commit suicide. One of their friends didn't believe in God. One of their friends said they were pansexual. One of their friends told her she was bisexual. And all of that was just in one day, 
And she didn't know what to do. So she just cried and she prayed and she told him and said, I'll be here for you. They're called social influencers, but what are they influencing you towards? We end up living in illusions, but God is trying to wake up the youth of this generation. Life is not an illusion. It's not found on a screen or behind a camera. It's real and only the truth can set you free. You have to live in a world of lies. But it's your choice whether that world lives in you. Come out. Come out from among them. And be, I said it in the name of Jesus. Come out from among them. And be separate, says the Lord. Step out by faith, young lady. Step out by faith, man of God. Come out from... Come out from among them and be ye separate. Refuse to bow your knee to the enemy. Refuse the pressures of this world and say you've got to fit a certain image. But come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. I'll receive you with all of your brokenness. I'll receive you with all of your pain. I'll receive you with all of your mistakes. I'll receive you with all of your hopes and dreams and fire. I'll receive you with all of your brokenness in your family. I'll receive you with your lack of friends and your lack of a social life. I'll receive you despite what other people have said about you. I'll receive you though you've been abused and hurt and misused. I'll receive you although you've had been misunderstandings in your life and although you've given up on a lot of things, I'll still receive you if you'll just come out from among them and be separate. Oh my God. Oh my God, I feel it tonight. There's somebody here that God has called you to St. Louis, Missouri. You're not just checking out of college. I hope that you know that. You're not just checking out some university. You're not just checking out some place that you can get a better education. And this is the place to do it. This is the place to come to better yourself and get a better education. But you have been brought to St. Louis for such a time as this in this moment. The God of all eternity looked down at your life and knew that you were going to be here at the crossroads of your life to make a decision. What would you give for? Or a king. Yeah, some of you, you may be seated for a minute. Some of you have given up a lot of things for a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you gave up a lot of things. You missed youth service. You missed prayer nights. You missed services. You missed whenever your pastor asked you to clean up uh, the church. And that t- You remember that? Remember that time the pastor was talking and you missed that opportunity? And I'm not here trying to step on toes or berate you. I'm just trying to let you know what would you give for a king? I'm trying to ask you tonight, what is it that you're really willing to give up and to sacrifice? I thought, I thought I knew. I thought I knew. When I was sitting where you were at, when I was sitting at your age, I thought I knew what I was willing to give up. It has to start here, but you really don't know. You just have to offer yourself to God. We started out 15 years ago, even just a little bit before that. We started out in this beautiful college. It was over in Howdershell at the Jesuit place. Man, we just, it was 
nice, but not as nice as this. Nice is, that's kind of a stretch, but it was a place. I remember going there with high hopes and dreams. I'd lock myself in, got a 4.0 that first year. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I got like a 2.0 the next year. I don't know, something like that. I broke out of my office and <laughs> or my room. and <clears throat> That was a rough year because the only thing that held me back from a 4.0 was getting a bad grade in choir. In choir. You want to think my dad had something to say about that when I got home? You better believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Came to that fourth year, graduated from Bible college. All my friends seemed like they had places that they were heading, places that they were going. I had been in that prayer room. Thank you so much, Sister Bollinger, for that wonderful message that you preached to us tonight. Powerful word from God. Resonated with me. I remember those times in the prayer room. I remember those times that I fasted and prayed and sought after God. Prayed for those faces. Prayed that God would use me just to reach out to one person. I was in those places saying, God, whatever you can use, just use me. Lord, I, I remember praying on that last year saying, oh, I know God's got big things. I know God's got great things. I know he's going to send me somewhere wonderful, somewhere great. I talked to my friends, and this friend had a youth pastor position over here, and this friend had another position over here, and this friend had another position over here, and this, this person was going to go start a church, and all these wonderful things seemed to be happening around me. And they said, Aaron, where are you going? What are you doing, man? Come on. Son of Pentecost, what are you, you going to be doing? And I go back and pray, and I heard the Lord speaking to my spirit. Son, you need to go back home. Are you kidding me? Go back home? Little podunk town of Dupo, are you kidding me? They won't even let a McDonald's in Dupo. You're telling me to go? McDonald's Taco Bell tried to get in there, and they said no. They kept a, a dairy land, not a dairy queen. Mm-mm. Dairy Land. Yeah, you never heard of Dairy Land because there's only one. It's in Dupo. And God said, you're going back home. I don't want to go back home. Now I've got to go sit down and tell my friends, yeah, I'm just going to go back home. You're going to go back to your dad's church. Yeah, I'm just going to go help out at my dad's church. Love my dad. Love the church. There. I just didn't want to go back. No, 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 no. There's got to be something bigger. There's got to be something greater. But God said, it's time for you to go back. I get back to my dad's church, and I'm frustrated, and I'm aggravated, and I'm just I'm frustrated in my spirit at what's going on. And you got to watch out for that. Remember, you get a little frustrated. And my dad would ask me to do certain tasks. And so one of my tasks was sweeping the floors and dusting and wiping the windows and picking up trash off the floor. That was my duty. Bless God. Graduate of Urshan College or Gateway College of Engagement back then. <coughs> Evangelism. And graduate of that four-year degree, and here I am having to sweep floors and pick up trash. What would my friends think of me? What would people think of me? And so I got aggravated, and I'd go to the church late at night to try to clean. And I was vacuuming one night, and I was so angry, and I was so hot at God. And I was so just, it just aggravated at what God was asking me to do. Surely there's something better. Have you forgotten about me? I, I thought I went through all of Bible college to get me somewhere. I thought I went through all of that to finally set me up on some little pedestal. Didn't have to be a big, big, big pedestal. Maybe a, a little big pedestal, but I mean, you know, not as big, maybe as everybody else but something just a little bit better than this and I went into that prayer room and I just cried hot tears and I pounded on that chair nobody was in there and I remember crying out to God why me and why this and why do I have to clean and I don't want to be here and yada 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 and I got everything out 
And whenever I was done, I felt the Lord whisper into my spirit. And he said, son, here's what I want you to do. You throw everything that you've got into serving me here. And I'll order your steps. And he gave me a scripture from Psalm 127 in verse 1. Except the Lord build the city. They labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord keeps that city, the watchman waketh but in vain. You've got to let the Lord build your house. Whenever you offer everything to him, he becomes the owner. And he organizes and orchestrates and orders your steps according to his word. Not necessarily your comfort. Oh, and I walked back out with a new, a renewed sense of purpose. And I said, all right, God, if it's my duty to clean this floor, it's going to be the best clean floor that I have. If I've got to wash these windows, it's going to be the best window washing that you've ever seen. If I've got to pick up trash, I'm going to do that. And so I went and I vacuumed and I cleaned and I dusted. And I did that for weeks and I did that for months. And all of a sudden, my dad got a call from a guy named David Elms in Florida. And we got any Floridians in the house? We got, yeah, we got a few Floridians in the house. Pastor David Elms called called my dad, had no idea who my dad was, but, but somebody had mentioned my name to Brother Elms, called my dad. My dad called me in and he said, son, there's a place in Florida that God wants to take you. And he said, now you've got to make the decision. But he says, I have a, I have a Holy Ghost good feeling about it. And I knew that this had to be from the Lord because my dad loved me being there and helping him at the church. And he didn't want to send me off anywhere. He wanted me to stay right there with him. But he said, son, I feel something in the Holy Ghost about this. So I got excited and began to pray about it. I talked to my fiance and it's, and it's soon as we felt a witness from the Lord God led us to Fort Lauderdale Florida for three years we began ministry there doing youth youth ministry work and, and my wife would tell you she'd stand up here and tell you that is not what she felt like God had called her to do do anything but anything but but youth work <laughs> but that's the first ministry opportunity we had together and we get in there 1400 miles away from home I thought it was going to be wonderful and exciting and it was a beautiful experience but you start to feel that pain being away from, from your parents so, so far away and, and, and we didn't know anybody there and we're starting this out we didn't realize all that we were going to have to go through and then we had our firstborn Breely who's a teenager now and she was two years old and we're working with her and, and we're trying to work with young people trying to do our best making a whole bunch of mistakes but a whole lot of grace from God and his people and then God calls us to new life and we're like wow alright here's another opportunity we prayed about that we said God maybe this is where you want us to go and so we begin to pray about new life and I called three people because you, you get safety in the multitude of counselors so I called my dad and my dad I told him everything about new life and about youth pastoring there my dad said well Aaron he said it sounds like a good idea he said it sounds uh, good but you're just going to have to make the decision for yourself but, I, you know, it doesn't sound anything bad to me. Okay, well, thanks, Dad. I was hoping for a yes or a no, but that'll, I guess that'll work. So I called Brother Scott Graham, a district superintendent at that time, and I called up Brother Graham. I said, Brother Graham, I said, here's this opportunity that's been afforded to me, and, and uh, what, what do you think about it? Well, Aaron, he said, it sounds like a good opportunity. It sounds, you know, doesn't feel bad to me, just whatever you think. Yeah, that's no yes or no. I was like, my God. Well, that's it. I'm calling the prophet, Brother Billy Cole. I don't know how many of you knew Brother Billy Cole or have heard of him, but Brother Billy Cole, so I called Brother Cole, who allowed me to take a trip over to Ethiopia with him and let me talk to him every once in a while. So I called up Brother Cole. I said, this is it, the man of God, the prophet himself, about to raise his hands and speak over my life. Brother Cole, tell me what I need to do. Brother Cole, here's this opportunity at New Life in Bridgeton. And so help me, God. Brother Cole said, well, son, doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. It sounds all right. You're just going to have to go with what you feel like the Lord's wanting you to do. So, 
So we had to step out by faith. So I took my little family that I had, and we traveled 1,400 miles back to Missouri, back to New Life. And I felt the will of God. I felt the call of God. I felt the word of God. And I had to step up by faith. I was terrified. It was kind of a lateral move. There was no bigger, greater position at New Life than it was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But I just knew God was calling us to come back to New Life. I had never thought about it before. But I said, all right, God, we're going to step out by faith. So we just stepped out by faith, came back to Brother Tracy. We started serving Brother Tracy as youth pastor for seven years. Got back from a trip from Israel in 2014. And on a Friday, he said, Aaron, I want you in my office. So I get in there jet lagged. And I'm tired. And I'm trying trying to keep my eyes open and brother Tracy looks at me and said Aaron he said I'm recommending you to the board to serve as pastor lead pastor of this church I had felt God calling me to, to, to be this. I'm t- I know I'm going real quickly here, but there's a point to all of this. So I don't have time to give you all the specific details. But as he, as he was talking to me, I knew it was of God. I, man, I was so excited. I was like, all right, let's do this. Five years of transition. So we had written it down. We had it all on paper. Said we're going to do a five-year transition between bishop and pastor. And we're just going to let the responsibilities cross over. So we did that. We wrote it down. And we gave. And we served. And we did all of that. And 2020, January 2020, was going to be my first year with all the the rights and responsibilities and full privileges of pastor. 2020, here we come. 2020, it's going to be amazing. 2020, bigger and better growth. 2020, it's going to be awesome. 2020, what in the world? I called Bishop two weeks, Brother Coltharp, after it all happened and asked him if he'd take the church back. They said, nope, click. First year, you never know. You don't know. You don't know. You just got to keep offering yourself to God. But can I tell you, young men and young ladies, I wouldn't trade one moment. I wouldn't trade one heartache. I wouldn't trade one day. I wouldn't trade one month. I wouldn't trade one heartbreak. I wouldn't trade any of it all. I wouldn't take one day of uncertainty for what I've got now. If you'll give everything to Him, You'll see greater things than you've ever seen in your life. Now I've got the chance to see couples restored and backsliders coming back to God. And now I've got a chance. We started a second campus in Jennings, Missouri. And now we've got a chance to see the city of St. Louis blow up with revival. And now we've got a chance. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. But I'm saying, God, whatever you want from me, I'm willing to give to you. Whatever it is that you want, I'm yours. Wherever you want me to go. Lift up your hands right now all over this place. If there is a call of God on your life, if you've got some desire, I wish you'd open up your mouth right now and say, Jesus, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. Come on, lift up your voice right now. There's a Holy Ghost anointing and unction in this place right now. It is calling every young man and every young lady to step out onto the waters of uncertainty by faith. God is calling you right now into deeper waters like you have never been before, but it's going to require faith. It's going to require faith. It's going to require a yes. What would you give for that kind of a key?
Come on, lift up your voice. There's a Holy Ghost anointing that's in this house right now. Oh my God. There are pastors in this house right now. There are missionaries in this house of God. There are prayer warriors right now. There are saints of the Most High God. I'm telling you, there's the best world soul winners right now in this house. Right now in this house, there are worship leaders. Right now in this house, there are scholars and theologians. Right now in this house, there are doctors and lawyers. Right now in this house, there is something special. There is an anointing. But you've got to give it all to Him. I don't know. I don't know where God's going to take you. I don't know where your next step is going to be. But this is the crossroads of your life. This is the moment that God is asking you to decide. This is the moment you could be like Israel and just say, Nah, we just want something earthly, something temporal, something comfortable. Or this could be the moment that you say, God, I'm still willing to trust you even when I can't see you. I'm still willing to follow after you even when I can't feel you. This is the moment for you to step out. It's not mom or dad's faith anymore. It's my faith. It's not pastor, my youth pastor's, my elder's faith. It's my faith. It's my decision. It's my life to give. It's my life to give to the King of Kings. Oh God, I'm calling you out right now. Come on, wherever you're at, call out right now. If you gotta come down to the front of this place, if you gotta kneel where you're at, if you gotta lay out in an aisle somewhere, but let this be your moment. Let this be your time. Let this be the day that you say yes. Trust in you, God. We put our hope in you, God. Yes. Always. Greater always. thanks. Greater we thanks. We put our trust in you, God. We Come on, baby. Hope in Take you, that Lord. mask off right now in the name of we Jesus. We put our faith in you, Come on, Jesus. Come on, man of God. Come on, soldier. Put our trust in you, God. Come on, it'll be the greatest adventure that you've ever taken in your life. Always, we put our trust in you, God. We put our hope Yes! I say yes! I say yes! I feel something breaking loose in this house right now. There is something breaking loose in this house right now. Yes, I bind in the name of Jesus every spirit of fear, every spirit of confusion. I bind every spirit of oppression in the name of Jesus. Shataya lo 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 bo satan. Always, we put our trust in you, God. We put our hope in you. Come on, that's it. It's gonna be the biggest decision that you've made in your life to this point. But it's gonna be the best decision that you've ever made. Say yes, God. Yes, God. 
hear you, God. I hear you calling. I feel your spirit. I hear you calling me to deeper. He's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I bind that fear. I break that fear in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What are you going to give up? I hold nothing back. I hold nothing back, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fear is not 
home, this is it. This is it. This is your moment. This is your day. This is your time right now. In the name of Jesus. Devil, you've been a liar. I choose to believe the truth. I choose to believe the truth. If you can hear me, I want to I help you out with something right now. I feel the Holy Ghost prompting me to tell you right now. A lot of times whenever the emotion feels like it's gone, and it feels like there's nobody else around you cheering you on, some of you may go back home and you don't feel surrounded by a family like you feel right now. And some of those moments in your life that you made those decisions to say yes, the enemy's going to come and try to cause doubt and denial to what you felt and to what you said and what God was speaking to you. Somebody helped me out one time, a long time ago. Whenever I was dealing with questions in my life about whether or not I was supposed to be involved or doing something that I just, I thought I had a word from God, but now I was questioning it. And the, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through my friend and told me, he said, Aaron, whatever you do, follow the peace. Because all the pieces and the circumstance may not all seem to fit together sometimes. But if you'll follow the peace. The Bible calls it a peace that surpasses understanding. It's a peace that comes when you don't even know why you should feel peace in the moment. But you know that you know He's with you. And He's never going to leave you or forsake you.
I want you to lift up your hands all over this place right now. Because God is going to speak a spirit of peace into you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, by the power in the name of Jesus and the authority and the word of God, I speak peace over your people right now. There are big decisions that they have to make. There are callings that are bigger than them, anointings that are bigger than them. And without your help, we cannot do it. But we yield to you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that even past all the emotion of it, I pray that a peace that surpasses understanding would be in their hearts and minds, would rule in them right now. To every young lady and every young man who has experienced pain in their life, who has experienced wounds, who has experienced disappointment, who has experienced abuse, I, I pray peace over you right now in the name of Jesus. Peace from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. I pray peace into your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to receive it right now. Receive the peace of God into your mind and into your heart. I bind every thought of anxiety and worry and fear in the name of Jesus. I bind it and I speak peace to you. I loose it such as I have. Give I unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak the peace, the prince of peace, the spirit of peace that surpasses understanding. I speak it unto you right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, for another moment, receive it right now. Just for another moment, I feel the Holy Ghost settling in right now. Hey, Jesus. Yeah, there it is. Come on, there it is. It's that blessed assurance your grandma used to sing about. It's that blessed assurance that your pastor used to talk about. It's that blessed assurance that comes. It's mine, it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. It's mine, it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. I wonder if you'd lift up your voice right now and give Jesus a shout of victorious praise. I wonder if you'd lift up a praise of triumphant victory in this house right now. Shake off those bands right now. Shake off that heaviness right now. Step into it right now. In Jesus' name. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.